0: This is the first part of a three-part interview I did with the extraordinary Robert Warren, ballet master, dancer, choreographer, artistic director, scenic and costume designer, author. In this first part, we'll hear Robert describe his early life, his childhood in Uruguay, growing up in Montevideo, his surprising discovery that he was meant to dance, his extraordinary love affair with his beloved Jacqueline, his arrival in England. This is just the beginning of an extraordinary story told by an extraordinary man whose career spans 50 years and over four continents. Listen to this amazing man talk about the beginnings of his amazing life. Okay, so I'm here with Robert Warren, who among other many, many credits uh, was, uh, what was your title at the Sarasota Ballet?
1: I started as artistic director and then after five years I became CEO as well because I think that a lot of administrators don't understand that administering an arts organization is very different to a business, you know. And so they put accents on things that really we don't waste time on.
0: (laughs) No, and I think also um, that many arts organizations don't understand that they need to be administered and run by people who know the art that they're
1: administering, you know, and quite often so you
0: get business people in these positions, and Mm. they don't understand.
1: No, they have no idea, and they come up with ideas that are really totally unsuitable for our organization, like saying, ask the dancers what ballets they'd like to dance every year. You know, (laughs) I said, I beg your pardon, (laughs) and he lasted about three months, and that was it. He was there for three months' trial, but it was ridiculous. He was actually behind my back going to ask dancers what they thought about how we ran the organization. I mean, you can't do that, It totally, because dancers are young and they don't have enough life experience and they have a rather limited education. I mean, now there's homeschooling, so you get a different degree. But in, in Europe, there's no homeschooling. So kids that come to the ballet school, fortunately, if they get into the Royal Ballet School, then they get both educations together. But most of the time, they don't. So they're woefully childish, you know. I mean, I was one of them. <laughs> but I soon had to learn when I started to be a director. You know? Well,
0: actually, mm. you're you're heading in the direction of my question. Yes. yes. I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. Yes. And clearly the art to which you have given your life yes. is, is dance. Mm-hmm. So I only have one question, yes. and it is, do you remember the very first moment in your life when dance drew you or you wanted to dance or you were attracted by dance?
1: Yes I do and in fact it was uh, it was exactly the opposite ah. because I inherited I had, had I had a great um, great grandfather who was an Italian composer violinist and I inherited from my grandmother, maternal, one of his violins, because she thought I had talent for music and that, and I was always dancing around, but I wasn't really a dancer. And so I started to play the violin, and my mother, who was rather an eccentric person, said, oh, stop this wailing cats and go to your sister's ballet class. And so I went to my sister's <laughs> ballet class, and Mrs. Dalton happened to have been a ballerina with the uh, Anna Pavlova's company, mm. and she was uh, taught by Enrico. Cicchetti, the great Italian teacher of the Russian ballet, and so she was giving very difficult classes, but the moment she saw me, she said, but you're a natural dancer. Uh, Now, how old were you? I was uh, was, uh, 16.
0: Oh, 16? Yes. it's late, isn't it? Yes,
1: it it is, yeah. I was 16. And I was actually, my dad had passed away when I was 15. And then my mother also decided that I should drop school and go and earn money because we needed money. Uh I mean, we were victims of Eva Peron in Argentina. And Uh so my mother happened to say one day, isn't it sad we have a prostitute for a first lady? I mean, she was that sort of person. (laughs) And she said it over loudspeakers to a public square in the province of Buenos Aires. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, my poor dad, we had an estancia which was... 75,000 acres, and in two months, he, because he'd done so much for agriculture and breeding and all of that, uh, Perón and his government said, well, Don Eduardo, as they called him, can stay and liquidate his, his uh, properties, but Mrs. De Warren, the kid, must be gone within 48 hours, you know, and so we were exiled. Fortunately, my grandparents lived in Montevideo, Uruguay, where I was actually born, and so she took us into her house and my mother, um, I forget until we lived uh, again independently, but we were with my grandmother, and she was a wonderful person. She was really half Italian, half British. So that's where I get my talent from, and I'm really glad because I really, the moment I felt that my body and the music responded, it was a great feeling, because if you're doing the violin, you know, I've seen violinists respond with her, you know, to all this stuff going on as they play, but I mean, I thought, well, that, this is my whole body, and I didn't have a choice because I was in the Royal Bank of Canada at that time and I really had to work. Well, hold on,
0: hold on. Let me see. Mm. So, So you were 16. And your, your mother said, uh, never mind the, viol- the violin, go to your sister's ballet. So mm. your sister was already studying. She
1: was studying. Was violin. she older or younger? She was one year older than I was. Okay. Yes.
0: So, and the teacher recognizes your natural talent. Yes. And then you stay in that class? Before. Well,
1: I worked, but the bank closed at three, so I could go after three. I could go to the evening classes in the ballet studio. I didn't
0: understand. You yes. actually, you, you went to work. Yes. And then you were able to go to class. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, well oh, fortunately you had Bankers' hours, and they yes, (laughs) right. So I could
1: leave early, and I did classes with Mrs. Dalton every day. And my sister soon dropped out because she graduated from the our American high school in Montevideo uh, that year. And, uh, Were so, you also going to school? Yes, the I, first I was going to school when my dad died and actually the, the American ambassador, his, his son was in class with me at, uh, at the Crandon Institute, which was the first American high school in South America. So he was with me and when, I, when my dad died and, and you know my mother said well you're going to have to go and work, I mean really to that extent? I, I have three months to go for my high school certificate. Can't we wait? No, 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 you have to go. And so I went and then I went to night school until midnight to, try to finish my GCE. Oh my I mean, it was goodness. very time because we were, you know, we always were really well, I mean, we had no, no needs actually because the farm was so enormous. Right. And my father was very serious. He was absolutely English, you know, and very honest gentleman, you know, and he brought us up very severely. So for me, all these were upheavals, you know. But I... I well, in
0: one minute it was yes. paradise and then the next minute... Yes. You're wow
1: exactly it was extremely difficult and because I was brought up so severely I was really timid, you know Yes, I mean I really can't say that I grew up until after 30 you know Well, because, wait, well, I'm gonna get there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, so so, you so here you are at 16 You're working all day. You're you're in class and then you're at night studying, Yes. and this goes on for... Well,
1: only for three, four months, because... And fine, then you graduate. I did, yes, I did it in my night school, but imagine going from a, a curriculum, a program in, in Crandon Institute that had English, Spanish, and French, and geography, and these things, mathematics, but not astronomy, or, or what was the other thing we did? We, we had to do astronomy and, uh, what was it, another thing to do with the planets, you know? And I'd never even heard of that. And so, well, what am I, go- oh, cosmography and astronomy, you know? My goodness, yes. and I've so, never heard of cosmography. Well, cosmographia, they call it, you know? And I, you had to learn all about the cosmos and the planets and this and that, and it was double dutch to me, but I managed to pass because I, the other subjects I was very strong on, you know, and working in the bank, because I only stayed three months in the embassy, because it really had no openings for me, but I was bilingual, so I could help in the consulate department and help people to get visas, but I was very young, and then in the bank I was really, immediately I caught on, I never thought I was good at mathematics, but I understood the financial, you know, uh, how can you say, the construction of the bank program. Program. And so in, within three months I was already the, the leader of the International Accounting Program. At and I,
0: 16 or 17?
1: At, yes, I was 17 and a half. Oh,
0: my yeah. goodness. So the teacher sees that you are a natural dancer, yes. but you now have this job at the bank which is very prestigious and mm-hmm. which you're apparently making a living at, yes, right? Yes. So what are you thinking? Are you thinking dance is your future?
1: Well, at that point, I didn't really know what to think, and my whole life has been because of somebody at the right moment coming. I've never done an audition in my life, you know, it's just weird. No position have I ever got if it hasn't been for some fortuitous meeting or person who watched me and said, well, this guy must do this, and and then it happened. You know, In a way, I've been spoiled. So, I want to hear all of these fortuitous events, so what was the first? Well, the first was in the Royal Bank of Canada the manager says, well, I think Warren, everybody called me by my name, Warren, you know, so Warren I think I'm going to send you to the London branch of the Royal Bank of Canada you need to get out of this small town it isn't good for you, and the way you're immediately taking control of a whole department, foreign currency with international money orders and different exchanges, you must go to London and so I talked to my grandma I didn't talk to my mother, I said, grandma uh, the manager, Mr. Pete, wants me to go to the Royal Bank, and very good we're going, we're arranging that, and at the same time we'll send your, your younger sister with you, so you both get out of this country, because my younger sister Corrine was a year and a half, almost two years younger than I was, and she was a mischievous girl, and we had a cousin in England who had uh, Queen Bertha's school, which was for a girl's school, very tough and severe, yeah, yeah, yes. and so they were sending her to Queen Bertha's school, <laughs> and our auntie, what's her name, I've forgotten now, uh, will put, get, Straighten her out. out. <laughs> you know? So we were shunted off.
0: So were you going to live with Auntie, what's her name?
1: No, no, no. I was going to live in London, and my sister, this was in Kent. Where oh, she I, see. I see, I see. She had to go a boarding school. Okay, so, so so you just
0: go off by yourself at 17 or 18 to I, London?
1: I go to London, yes, with her, and she goes off to the school in Kent, and I find a place called Tock H in Trinity Square, which is in the city of London by the Tower of London, and it's a Church of England... Uh, home run by uh, Tubby Clayton, he was called, but he was a priest. <laughs> and he was rather Tubby, he was very nice, the Reverend Tubby Clayton. <laughs> and he had all sorts of young men from out uh, overseas who were working in the city and hadn't had a place to live. So we had this thirty-two Trinity Square, which was a, an old sort of early Georgian house, but it had Roman walls in the cellars. Can you imagine? Oh my God. The, the dining room was in the cellar. We had <laughs> Roman walls, all these stone walls. And for me, coming from a new country, you can imagine. And so, and, I, and your English was good enough for this? Oh yes, I'm absolutely bilingual since childhood because you know we, we, fought, we only spoke uh, English in the house, and then outside we had. Oh, a of course, stand. I forgot
0: your father yes. was was right yes 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 yes, yes. So. all right so okay mm. so now you must be thinking i'm going to have a career
1: in banking well i thought i'm going to the bank and then we'll see, see? <laughs> but i discovered as it closed at 3 i looked up Uh, I asked friends and I said, where could I find music and ballet evening courses? Oh, you must go to the City Literary Institute. And so I went there and I asked if there were ballet classes and they told me, Claude Newman is a member of the Royal Ballet and he's teaching classes in the evening. So why don't you go and register there? So I go and it was great because in the bank we also finished fairly early and I could go at 5.30 or 6.00 to the class at the City Lit and uh, then they were going to have a recital so they divided the class into would-be choreographers and i didn't think of that at the beginning but uh, one of the girls that was choreographed said oh i'd like you in my thing it's uh, what is it vaughan williams uh the song of the nightingale so she did this funny thing and i didn't know what she was doing but it was one of my first performance i'd done one performance with mrs dalton in montevideo And I'd choreographed my own thing and I decided it was going to be, I forget what it was, and I designed my own costume He said, oh, you can't wear that. (laughs) You're going to wear a blouse with big sleeves and tights and a tunic up to here. And I'd done a sort of little thing, like a fig leaf or something, (laughs) you know. I had all these visions of things. Yeah, and so anyway, so then uh, uh, in my class was another young man and he said, oh, but you should be going to a full-time school, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I don't know what I'm trying to do some ballet, but I work at the Royal Bank of Canada. He said, meet me uh, in, when you can. And we arranged a day that I'd go on the underground to Tottenham Court Road, where there was all the ballet academies were in walking distance. And, and on West Street, there was this Russian teacher, Gerald Goncharov, who'd been of the Leningrad Valley. And he left he left via via Vladivostok and then to 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 Beijing. To Beijing. Where he taught ballet, and funnily enough, Margot Fontaine's mm. father was a traveling uh, pe- financier, and he happened to be there. And she worked with John Gon- George Goncharov. And as a, later, I found that the secretary of the ballet on the board, Pat Silver, had worked in Beijing with Goncharov and jo- and Margot <laughs> Fontaine. Oh my
0: goodness! It's a uh, it's, it's a uh, right?
1: coincidence. Yes, yes, yes. And then I went to the to the West Street studio and worked with George Goncharov. And i had the full scholarship i had which i got soon after oh
0: stop because i got lost yes. does this mean that you quit the bank
1: yes i i, I got an offer when a, a lady came to watch the evening class And she said, "Can you to the teacher, can you keep this young man? I want to talk to him afterwards. And I thought, who is this lady? And she said, well, young man, she says, I think you should be training full time for a professional dancer. So we're going to offer you a full scholarship, but we can't pay for boarding because we don't have boarding in our London school. We have boarding in our regional school, but that's not got your level. You need to go to a more difficult class and be pushed. So it was arts educational trust which after Royal is perhaps the best ballet school in England. So I went there.
0: Wait, wait. So they gave you a scholarship, but they didn't give you boarding. So did you quit the bank?
1: I quit the bank, but first I went to my... My father's family whom I met when I went to England they lived in oh yes of in course. Taunton in Somerset so I went to meet my grandmother and my my godmother who was my father's elder sister and uh, they were looking when I said well I've got an offer for a scholarship for bad, and they all went like this well, and I could I'm sorry see. That
0: it's a face <laughs> yes. he's making this
1: terrible face
0: <laughs> is this because they disapprove of course oh they they yes, yes. Right.
1: and I said well I don't know what to do and then my grandmother says well let me talk to my my sister Kathleen you know and her sister Kathleen which is another story I met her of course and okay,
0: now this would be your father's,
1: father's great aunt or something, aunt, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to Bourne with one one Sunday on the train, and then I, she she had an apartment in a hotel right on the cliffs out there, mm. you know. And I met Auntie Kathleen, and, and she looked at me like this, but she was so opposite to my grandmother, who was a suffragette. So she was all about, you know, women's rights. And I so why she went to be a ballet dancer? And my gra- my godmother, who was my dad. Sister said, "Oh well, Bobby, I don't think that's a career for a man." You know? <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't know. They seem to think that I have what it takes to be a ballet dancer." And so then my auntie Kathleen was totally different. says, "Oh, Bobby, I think that's a great idea. So get up and move around. Put some music. I want to see what you can improvise." Oh my God. And so she put on this music, and I started doing it. And I was over grace from the beginning, you know. said, I think you're going to be a wonderful dancer. I'll give you 10 pounds a week. And you go, that you can pay a room and all your board with 10 pounds a week. And in those days, you could. And you you accept this full-time scholarship. So I did.
0: Okay, stop again. So how old are you now?
1: Well, by that time, I was 18. 18. So
0: two years from this serendipitous beginning
1: yeah
0: you are you're on full scholarship through no influence of your own
1: No, absolutely not. Because I thought that I was too old. Everybody said you had to begin late. And I didn't begin until I was 16, I mean, it all happened so quickly. So I was obviously gifted, and I had the physique of a dancer, which was very lucky, but I didn't have the limberness and the suppleness that you need. That you would have if you had been working since you were six. Yes. Right? Or even 10. Or even 10, right, 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 yes.
0: Okay, so... Good for Auntie Kathleen,
1: right? Yes, she was just beautiful. And so I resigned from the bank, and they said, how can you do that? You've only been here for months. I said, it's beyond my control. And I, I said, you won't... You won't agree with me, but I'm going to start a career as, to form as a ballet dancer. For me, it was literally from one day to the next. Yes. Because when I left Montevideo, I was longing to get out of Uruguay. Because, you know, I was overgraceful for a man. And the machismo in these countries yes. is offensive. And so when, for example, I went to, to Mrs. Dalton's class, I met my wife there. And she just emigrated from France with her family. And one day, this new beautiful girl I've got a picture in the living room, I'll show you. Uh, you know, was there, and Mrs. Dalton said, look at the bar, and of course Jacqueline was going like this, and I went over and picked up her leg and put it <laughs> on the bar, and she said, oh, mais quand vous êtes gentil." oh my god that's <laughs> the first time somebody's complimented me on something and i was just fell for her there and then and then i asked her out to dinner and the whole thing with a whole lot of family issues but uh, but anyway she became my support my moral support so when people would we'd come she'd have her hang her shoes point shoes hanging over her neck uh, over her shoulder, and they were kind of, ah, que están haciendo la bailarina? And she would, que dice usted? <laughs> you know, before I could say Jack Robbie, she'd hit them over the face with their punches, and they ran away, because they were very young, you know, as well.
0: So, so you <laughs> met her in that first class,
1: yes. when you were 16? Yes, So, right. did she
0: go also to to England? No,
1: no. we became in, between us. We became engaged, but
0: at sixteen. Uh,
1: yes, but I mean verbally. We didn't do it officially yes. because I knew I'd have a scandal in the family. She said, "You go off and get yourself sorted out, and then tell me, and then we'll arrange what to do So,
0: next, so you, know. you two knew instantly. Oh, we knew. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: yet again, something that well, oh, didn't need right. That, yes. that
1: simply occurred. But you know, from fift- nineteen fifty until June last this year. Jacqueline, no, June last year, June sixteenth, Jacqueline passed away, and so we were together practically seventy years. Oh my goodness! Yeah,
0: and you, you, you knew. Yes, well,
1: we both knew. We were very well. I meant the
0: the 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 plural you.
1: Yes, the plural. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. So, and
0: she had the wisdom Mm. to say, but when she sent you off, she sent you off thinking you were going to be working at the bank.
1: Yes. Right. And he all didn't... her friends and my our friends, we had a little gang of friends. We went out. Oh, they said, to her, you'll never see him again, again. Yes. And she said, you wait and see. You know. And she was very per- because she was a little older than I was so she had more life experience and having come from difficult situations in in France and her father was a despicable man I mean one day he was a multimillionaire like onassis and then he was a, a casino fanatic so he could make millions and then within 6 8 months he'd lost millions and had to t- make another boat ship full of millions of exports to South America wow. or something he was a- Okay so now we have you at 18 you have abandoned
0: your banking career. You are studying with this very prestigious teacher,
1: the Russian. The Russian, yes. I would go. I would do the ballet, the full-time ballet school, and then I'd go to the Russian. I had to really work it out very carefully with the school because they thought they were entitled to me before anybody else, having uh-huh. given me that scholarship. So I had to work with them to try and get time to be at the eleven thirty class. Uh, you know, that he had every morning, but I had every morning class at 9.30. So, you know, I had to wangle it, and then I I made up stories to get out and then come back and work later in the, you know, things like that. But actually, they were very good, because they understood my urgency, because the boys in my class were much younger than I was, you know, at that that age. I mean, if I was 18, they were 16. The three boys that we were in the class, we all became... Uh, sort of important people in the ballet because David Howard became a very famous street in, uh, teacher with his studio in New York, you know, and Macaro and all these people would go to his ballet class and Ben Stevenson uh, was with Rebecca Harkness and ended up being the, well, the second director of Houston Ballet, which became an international company. Barbara Bush was their patron. You <laughs> know. So, and then I was all over the place.
0: So here you are yet again balancing Um, various needs and and running hither and yon Mm. and are you liking it?
1: Yes, I was. I mean, I was in seventh heaven, you know, and of course, once I had my, my weekly allowance and my, my great aunt was so nice. I mean, you know, I lived in this place where all were young men like I was making their start in life and suddenly from Fortnum and Mason, which is the most exclusive, sure, you know it. I about, do know, yes. Well, I, once a week would arrive this box in the Fortnum and Mason, you know, oh. car oh. with the chauffeurs with oh, top hats. And, that. and this is where Robert Dewar and all <laughs> (laughs) The boys would tease me, what on earth are you getting? And I opened the box and it had all the freshest fruits because my aunt thought I wasn't getting enough vitamins, you (laughs) see. So you have your vitamins, but I, I shared it with all the boys because, you know one has to do that and they all they 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 treated me joked with me and that but they actually respected me and and so and appreciated yeah, it Yeah, well they did but it, they had very good very clever young men you know that were in banking or like i was or beginning careers in different city uh, jobs and things like that there were no artists though but i was the only one when they heard i was doing ballet but i was lucky because my mother's first cousin was the si- was the sister of the owner of Queen Bertha's College, where my sister was. But she was quite a famous actress, Martita Hunt, in England, and she did Shakespearean and she t- in French. And and at, when I arrived, she was in London with uh, Lawrence Olivier and Vivian Lee in the Sleeping Prince, the mm-hmm. Terence Rattigan play, in which was the Grand Duchess of this of this prince who fell in love with a with a dance girl, you know, <laughs> who became Marilyn Monroe in the film. But it was Vivian. Lee and Lawrence Olivia can you imagine so I went to she invited I went to see her and that's another story I mean all my stories are so be- unbelievable and so anyway she said well come and see me in the performance And uh, it's at the Phoenix Theatre in Cherry Cross Road and she was very much in the old English noble, noble lady it was her way of speaking pretty well and so I went there and she says, come and see me after the show. And I saw this show and I was just amazed to see Lawrence Olivia and Vivian Lee and Martita, you know, with the Grand Duchess and that. So I went backstage later and said, well, I'm going to surprise you with something. And so she took me and introduced me to Lawrence oh. Olivia and Vivian Lee. And they said, so this is your nephew and he's studying to be a dancer. Is he going to be in the Royal Ballet? <laughs> and they said, because they were, of course, used to Royal Shakespeare and she also performed with Royal Shakespeare sometimes. So there you are. And so then I went back again and I got to know them quite well you know <laughs> and so this was a big influence later on in my life as well because at that point I didn't have a chance to talk that much but certainly uh, I think the third or fourth time he said come to my dressing room while I strip my makeup and that so he was talking and he said I want to tell you because you're an artist you're going to be an artist on stage and you must pay attention to the technique you're learning because the technique gives you the possibility to bring out your expression in a credible way that the audience will understand and I tell you one thing I haven't told anybody I'm not a natural actor i have to work on the technique of expression that is so good that people will think i'm natural wow. and this taught me so much he said when i go i'd say to be or not to be that is the question you know i thought how many i'm going to say to be or not to be is that the way or to be or not to be is that the <laughs> question or to be or not to be. Is that the question? <laughs> you know, and he taught me all these different themes, just with that one phrase. Yes. And I remember that forever when I was interpreting roles, you see, and it taught me a lot. I mean, it was fortuitous again. Yet again. We did have mime classes and everything, the classical mime in Royal Ballet, when eventually I got, but still, I, I went back to South America before I came back to Royal Ballet. So we Wait, had Wait, we'll, yeah, we'll, right, we'll get there, right, we'll get there. Yeah. But
0: again... This is uh, this is a training that most dancers don't get no, from don't the get. actor point yes.
1: point of view. Well, and, right? and arts education had the school of acting, the school of dancing, and then it had fencing, and it, had, it didn't have acrobatics. It had fencing and different things. Oh, and musical, yes, a musical. Mm. So people learnt if they didn't have talent to be a ballet dancer, they could study. Tap and music hall and all of that, and go into the music business. But you didn't get that. No, I would do a little bit of of the fencing. I did fencing because they said it's really good for your deportment, and you need it in the ballets. You Romeo and Juliet has big fencing scenes. If you're going to be in things like that, you need to know how to hold a floret, you know, and you, yeah. and what is other a sword or, or whatever. Yes, you know. yes, 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 yes. So. so all right. Uh, so
0: how long were you there?
1: Well, I was there for two years, yes, and I passed all my Royal Academy exams and I, I graduated with honors, you know, so I had that really good formation for two years. And then my, my great aunt said, well, Bobby, you're always talking about, about Jacqueline and you must go back and marry her. Oh my. And, and I said, "Well, yes, I've been thinking that, and in the meantime, I've been corresponding. But of course, there was there was air mail, so we got one letter, and then one came, which was the answer to the one before. <laughs> so we we're always we, we wrote two letters a week, but they were always a bit late. But one of them, then I thought, well, I have to." I have to really get engaged because, and my sister was getting married, my older sister, so I wrote to my mother and I said at at Sheila's wedding, invite Jacqueline and uh, and I want you to announce that she and I are officially engaged and I thought that's going to happen. So Jacqueline actually had already met my mother and she was very nice, she invited my mother out to tea and all of that. My mother, Jacqueline would write to me, your mother never asks me about you and I never say anything (laughs) about you, I want to see how far she's going. <laughs> she never in two years ever asked about me. Well. You know, she just would talk about this, that, and the other because she didn't want us to marry. But my grandmother. And, and I wrote to my grandmother, and I said, I, I'm going to get engaged with Jacqueline. But, you know, Jacqueline went to the wedding, and my grandmother came to her, and my mother, blah, 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 and then went off to the wedding, and all the family. And Jacqueline was alone in the room with the gifts. She didn't know what to do. What am I going to do? But a young cousin had already wait, met Wait, wait, wait.
0: You were not at the wedding?
1: No, I was in England. Oh. So I, I wanted them to announce the wedding. Oh,
0: so you didn't get, oh, so she was really on her own. On her own, right. yes.
1: Right. And so they really, I mean, my mother just, but Jacqueline knew that she was winning, because I'd, wrote, I'd written two letters. One was proposing, and the other one was a normal reply to her last letter. And I said, well, God is going to tell me what to do. And I did like this, and I picked up a letter, and I shoved it in the, in the and I opened the other one immediately. Oh, it was the engagement that went.
0: I love this. <laughs> Are, you're saying you wrote two different letters. Yes. And then you allowed... God, God to choose which one you sent yes. and the one that you sent like blindfolded yes. was the,
1: the proposal, proposal letter. Yes, yes. Yet
0: again, I mean it's... Well bad.
1: I felt God is going to tell me what to do because I was too young and inexperienced mm-hmm. and I, I loved her dearly. I mean she was you know uh, such an incredible woman you know? and so that happened and she, she just was so full, so happy <laughs> and she said to everybody now Bobby's engaged with me now. So, <laughs> And the other said, "Oh, <laughs> we, so well, yeah, that's it good." You know. Well, so
0: did they or did they not announce it at the, no, they, they didn't. didn't announce it. Oh, your mother she No, oh, she no. wouldn't.
1: And my sister played up to her. I already wasn't getting up on with my my older sister because she lied things to make me look as if I, I'd done something wrong. Like yeah. I remember one day I'll never forget it. We we had a garden with fruit trees, so we would go up and pick peaches and this and I picked this beautiful peach and I was eating it and she came and took it from my hand. And I want this peach and I was screaming at her, why'd you do this? And my mother came, What's going on? He stole my peach <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I said, how can you say that? You stole it from me. And nobody, I had no witnesses. And my mother said, come on now, you mustn't be a liar. And I said to my mother in Spanish, burra, burra, burra. Donkey, you're an ass. <laughs> I was so angry and so she just slapped me. No, she didn't. She said, You wait, I'll have you fixed by your father tonight. Yes. And I went off and when Dad came in I could hear them <laughs> Bobby, come here. And he took me into my barrel. Put down your pull down your pants and he took off his belt and Poom Wow. Boom, two, but really hard, you yes. know. Now you won't lie anymore. I said, I'm sorry to say I wasn't lying, but I accept your punishment, you know. and that such a little
0: a, gentleman you were.
1: Well, I was. Yes, you, know? you were. Yeah, I really
0: You was. were. So here at the wedding, both your mother and your sister were determined not, not. to do this, so they didn't, and they left poor Jacqueline
1: yes. on her own. And then my first cousin, who was uh, the son of my mother's brother in whose house was the wedding, came and said, uh, I'm going to ask my dad to let me drive you home, because I think this is an insult, because he knew, yes, because we, we were good friends, you know. And so he, he used his dad's car and took her home, and she went to the home straight to the refrigerator and started to eat, and her mother said how come you're eating don't didn't you eat at the wedding said not a thing okay let me fix this (laughs) so that was terrible news to me and then after that I thought well I'm not going to have anything to do with my mother because then she arranged to I don't know how to bring all the family to London before i went back while i was studying those two years mm-hmm. so they all turned up and she expected me to go and live with her and live off my my pension, my, ten, my $10, right? 10 pounds a week, and then they, they would make do with this and that and the other because actually we'd lost and then she even lost what my father had got out of the auctioning everything, which was about a million dollars. And she said, I'm going to build six-story building and we'll have the penthouse sometime. She got this man and signed a contract and she gave him a million dollars. I, bye-bye. <laughs> disappeared with the money. Of course. Of course. And my mother, my grandmother said, how dare you do this without telling me, you stupid woman, you know. <laughs> and then she, my grandmother said, Bobby, I have to tell you, you know, your grandfather and I were first cousins, and when this happens, somebody in the family is rather a stupid, and that's your mother, Violet, she said to you know? <laughs> my grandmother, because we were very close with my grandmother. She well, said, all
0: right, so your family all arrives. Do you let them? Uh, no, I,
1: I rented a, a, a sort of English-based Basement, which is a half basement mm-hmm. a garden they call it a garden apartment and i rented that for them and put them in there and she was really put out yes and well i said well i can't you know i have to have my life and i've now got used to having discipline on my own and i have to put my brain to what i'm going to do and she couldn't believe that i was talking like that and i couldn't believe it either yes. but auntie eileen really helped me and so she went immediately in to complain to my grandmother and her sister-in-law and all of that and they said well auntie kathleen believes that that has to be the case. Oh, and I don't know if you want to stop, there's another story there, because my dad was a first cousin to Auntie Kathleen's son, and my mother was first engaged to Donald Roberts, who was Auntie Eileen's um, my, who was, my dad was a first cousin of Donald enough, right, right. and she went to England to marry Donald and he disappeared to Paris and sent a telegram to his sister saying, you must tell Violet I'm not going to marry her, I'm awfully sorry and I'm in Paris. <laughs> so the day before the wedding she was jilted.
0: So your father married her?
1: Then she said, I'm going to show Donald a lesson. Right. And so she went back to Montevideo, and of course she knew Mervyn, right. but she didn't know, and she played up to him and married him. <laughs> and she thought, my poor dad got her on the rebound. Yes. And I, I mean, he was happy at the beginning, but then he thought, this woman is crazy. I could see there was something <laughs> Donald,
0: Donald knew what he was doing. Yes, he right, knew, right, and my right. poor dad
1: was saddled with him, you know, yeah.
0: Well, but he got
1: you, so... Well, you know, but he didn't get to know what I did, and that's ah, a very yes. sad thing to me, because, you know, if only he'd known, because he, you know, I was always so graceful, and they thought that I was gay, and yes. it was really different to hide your grace when you're trying to live normally. In Europe, you don't have to do it. In England, it doesn't really matter how you walk. But in Latin America, and you know, and I liked things that were aesthetically when I dressed. I liked things that were creating the picture I like to see, like my designs, you know. Yes. You know, and I, 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 for me, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and I need to see beauty, yes. because otherwise, I don't get the inspiration. You yes, know. I and do. And all through my career, I've been so aware of the aesthetics and, and the human body and the plasticity so even now, I mean all my costumes, they're mostly very, many of them are in body tights because I think that's for men and women in ballet, they're sculptures in movement and then I create things that we put on like enormous headdresses or wings or something which come off at certain moments and things like that. So but the
0: body I, is yes, what, the what body matters, the body has to right?
1: speak yes. Well
0: and, forgive me but It sounds like you somehow wound up in the wrong family. Yes. (laughs) <laughs>
1: you know, yes.
0: that, that they, they weren't able really to...
1: Well, but afterwards, you know, I mean, that was those years. And then, of course, uh, when, when my great-aunt said, well, you must go back to Montevideo, she bought me a ticket in, in an ocean line, a second class, which is pretty first class anyway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a young man on his own. But we still had to put on tie and jackets for dinner. We didn't have to wear evening clothes like first class. But it was good for me. And so, you know, then I got to Montevideo and Jacqueline and the family were all there waiting to meet me, and Jacqueline was a bit aside, looking a million dollars, and then my family and my grandmother fortunately was there because then she sort of... Tamed people down with Jacqueline, but of course when I came down, I went straight to Jacqueline and hugged her, and then I went and said hello to my mother because that time she'd gone back to Montevideo. there. Wow! Know. And I said, Jacqueline, I can't live with any family. Can I stay at your home? I said, Well, I don't know what my mother's going to say, what my father's going to say, <laughs> and I said, Well, can you let me know today? I'll go and stay in a hotel. I don't want to go to my any of my family's homes because uh, they've been so rude to you, and they're not perhaps all of them to blame, but I don't want to do that. I'd rather that be, we be together. And then we'd already written that we thought what we would do is rent a large room in one of these Latin houses and have a ballet studio where we can teach, because I was a certified Royal Academy now member, so I could teach. And if I announced that in Montevideo, it would cause quite a surprise. So the mother agreed and the father, the, the, she just said to her, well, um, uh, Robert is coming to stay with us and he grumped and this and that, but he didn't dare make a scandal because Jacqueline now was growing up and she was really strong character, and he was rather like she, he was, so he knew where his limits <laughs> would stop And right, she was right, very right. strong, you know. Right, right, right. And so I, I, I slept in a study in the house, and during the day, we'd close it up, and my clothes were in a in a sort of big bookcase thing that had some doors that were all wood, and then the, the glass was in the center. And so that they, she emptied out one place where I could have a few of my things, and the rest were under the bed, you know. And so, which was a, a couch, open bedroom couch, sofa thing. So, know.
0: are you thinking? Well, I'm going to live here, and uh, we're going to we're going to teach, and then at some point we'll get married. Is well, that what you're we thinking? Well, we
1: thought we thought it would be very quick that we could go back, but then we realized you <laughs> that we couldn't just go back because Auntie Kathleen had helped me for all that time and yes. I couldn't count on her for us to go back. So uh, we, we started thinking what to do and so we thought, well, let's get the academy going. And I auditioned for the ballet, the, the Nas- National Ballet of Uruguay, and Jacqueline was already there in the school and in the graduate school and she was going to go into the company that year. So when I arrived, I auditioned and they took me into the company and she had to wait six or eight months before she could join, but she could still do things as, as a graduate student that was coming in. So that was a good thing. And the, the director then was um, Vaslav Velchek, who was a very well-known Russian uh, Russian student, he wasn't, he was from Ukraine himself, but he had been in, in the Ballet de Monte Carlo Ballet Russe that toured the world with Colonel de Basil when Diaghilev died, mm. so they all knew South America, all these dancers did and in town we had Tamara Grigorieva who was from the Ballet Russe a very important principal dancer, and she gave lessons in a studio just opposite the theatre so we worked all day in the studio and then we went to Tamara Grigorieva in the evening and then we thought... Okay,
0: so if you're in the company, are you getting paid? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I was getting paid. And then Jacqueline was getting paid. And then uh, what happened? Um, yeah, and then we put... I went to see a report and said so they did a whole article on my... Yes, in England, and they, they announced with my picture that I was opening l'Academia Uruguaya de Danza Clásica, you know, mm-hmm. so grand name, and then, so Jacqueline and I, we, we I built a curtain thing for the dressing room, we didn't have all that, and we brought one of her, uh, you know, those sort of Radio with the the turning spinning record player and <laughs> the inside we brought that and we had the records of ballet music and things like that and we set up the school and so when people thought that we announced that there were free courses for three months and you could then free free courses for three months and then you if you were admitted you would pay and so we thought it's better and so we suddenly had all these students yes, that's right. and we had four four boys who came and about twelve or fifteen girls so we. Started started really and Jacqueline every day she had this I still have this little little you know how you had your makeup cases yes. that were like mm-hmm. little trunks and every day we were putting money in the trunk <laughs> and we'd go home and store <laughs> it away you know and and then we we also what did we do with the point shoes oh yes and then i started ordering point shoes from england and so i i because freeds knew me because i bought my shoes at freeds in england they were the, the softer school and they had point shoes and that so we sent you know drafts through the royal bank of canada <laughs> <laughs> to to England, and uh, and then the shoes would come, and we made a good profit on the shoes, mm-hmm. too. So we were doing good business, and then I think I was there, uh, yes, because then this director left, and a director from the Paris Opera came, uh, Monsieur Fenangeois, Roger Fenangeois and his wife... She was a prima ballerina, and he was a ballet master, and so we worked really hard with the ballet opera school. But one day, he brought, he would have, we all the ballet masters would have like a rod, and they'd prod you, pull up there, <laughs> do this like that, like that. But he had a big stick, and he'd go, boom! bull oh. on the floor. Uh-huh. And of course in those days it was a wooden floor. Yeah. It wasn't like now that we have Marley and things. And so there were nails. And doing like this one day I land on a jump on a nail <gasps> that came out and went right through my foot. It was just six months after he'd arrived. And I'd, done, I'd already done a principal, two principal roles. Uh, before, and then with him he created on me a petite sweet Rococo with three girls and myself dressed with white wigs and very elegant, I don't have the picture here, but you know, and they were sort of in crinolines to the knee, but on point and very stylistic, and he, he really exploited the elegance I got from Goncharov, yeah. because the old Marinsky elegant was so elegant, you know, now it's all rather become, with the times of course, yeah. because in those days, men didn't live, lift their legs up, more than 90 degrees now men have to do splits the same as the women you know and and well later on I'll tell you what I heard but I mean so uh,
0: what happened with your foot
1: well I had to go and I was six months off the healing the healing cured I didn't get an infection but the nerves had been split and they take a long time Uh to to seem together and so he said, "Well, you're well. You're going to have to reaudition." I said, "But I can't even dance. I can't do class." And the administration said, "Well, if you can't do class and re-audition, then we can't have you." So, you know, he insisted I do the audition, and of course, I was limping all over the place. Right. And so they said, "Well, well, we'll put you back in the corps de ballet. Then, when you are ready to come back, we'll pay you in the corps de ballet." So I had to go back in the corps de ballet, and when and it took me six months to be able to get back to dance. And so then, you know, to get Get back to be the soloist again. As I was uh, not soloist, but first soloist. He didn't take me in as a principal, but as a first soloist. But anyway, I was getting back. And then uh, we heard that Vera Gray from Royal Ballet and Oli Branski was from English National Ballet. At that time, it was called Festival Ballet. Two very elegant, tall uh, Vera Gray. Very, very. I knew her. I'd met her at the Royal Academy because she would come and be judge for 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 the um, for the exams. And so they all they all. remarked about this boy you know because they you know they said to the others but why do you do this as if it were an exercise look at Warren he dances you have to (laughs) dance you know and so they all hated me you know but I mean I got I got the qualifications I did but they never forgot me you know and so when I did eventually get to Royal Ballet it was as if they'd known me some of them forever the British Council had the Anglo-Uruguayan Institute where they taught English languages to Uruguayans and so we went to this reception for Beryl Gray, and she saw me. Oh, Robert, how nice to do, see you. How What are you doing? And I said, well, I'm actually Uruguayan, and I came back, and this is my fiancée Jacqueline, and I'm hoping to get back to England. She said, well, you should ask the British Council for a an bursary, you know. <laughs> and I said, really? Yes, do it. And, and the, the, the British Council president and the consul was there. He said, this young man, I know him, was examined the Royal Ballet. Please, you must give him a grant to go to the Royal Ballet. And he said, okay, fine, we will, we'll do that. (laughs) Again, Yes. And then they said to me, you'll call Robert de Warren. Are you related to Violet Warren at all? And I said, yes, she's my mother. Oh, is she? (laughs) And they saw my face, and so, but they, anyway, she was at the reception, (laughs) and I had ignored her, you see. I had ignored her, and so then I said, hello, mother. And, and of course, you know Jacqueline, don't you? We're engaged. (laughs) And she said, yes, I understand, you know. And she, oh, she was trying to be very nice because she was actually teaching in the Institute because she had to earn her living. And so, yeah, well, now she was proud to say that I was her son <laughs> yes, that's right. because it came back as a compliment, yes, you know. Right, right. But, I mean, and then she came one day to the ballet studio with my younger brother who was just about 11 at that time. He was 14 years younger than I am. And so he came with her, and, and, uh, and Michael, and I said, hello, Michael, and my mother, he said, well, because I wanted you to see your brother, and I think you should come and live with the family and do this and that. And I said, I'm sorry, mother, you should understand from London that I'm independent now. And I said, I don't want to be rude, but this is not a possibility. And I said, oh, okay, and she went off with tears in her eyes and all of that. But I just, I knew I had to stop her. Yeah. And I had Jacqueline to give me the support I needed, mm-hmm. you know. And so within... Within three months, the, the, the bursary came, notice from the British Council, that the Royal Ballet had accepted me. And so we thought, okay, we're going off to, to London. And so uh, I went to her father, because they did, he didn't know that we were engaged, he just thought that we were chums. But, and I said to him, I, I said, uh, Monsieur Rousseau, I want to ask for Jacqueline's hand in marriage looked at me, he went to the kitchen, got a big kitchen knife, <laughs> I'm going to show you if my daughter's going to marry, and she just slapped him, poof, like <laughs> this, this, and he was frozen, he said, you're never going to mistreat me or anything to do with me in my life again, do you hear me, and he turned around and he went away, he, she'd <laughs> never talked to him like that, ever, even that she had to face difficult situations, and my dear, I was I said, and my mother said, oh, calmez-vous, ça va, ça va, il n'y a pas de problème. Moi, je vous aime, Robert. Vous êtes un garçon très joli. Je suis très content pour Jacqueline, you know. You know,
0: I have no idea what you said. Well,
1: he said, don't worry, don't worry. I love you. I think you're going to be very good for Jacqueline. This is Jacqueline's
0: mother. Mother, yes. yes, And and she was
1: a beautiful lady. I mean, I loved her, really. I loved her, like my mother. If I'd been lucky to have a mother like her. But Jacqueline was lucky to have a mother like her because her father was a dictator. And he married her, he was 42 when she was 16, because it was an arranged marriage, you know. And this poor lady, who was so sweet, but when she was 16, she was absolutely ignorant of everything, you know. And she had to learn the hard way. And she could have divorced him and that, but she wouldn't, because that you didn't ever divorce, you see. And so she put up with hell from that man. But there you are. And so we went off to England and uh, I went to see my grandparents, you know, my grandmother and my godmother and his son, her son. My godmother's son, Mervyn Meredith, my father was Mervyn as well, but Mervin Meredith, he was a, a notary, and a notary, that's a law degree in England, not like notary ah, yes, public Yes, yes, here. yes. yes. It's, an, it's a degree in law, you right. know, that you specialize in administration of properties and sales and contracts of purchase and all of that. And he was very, very nice, and his wife was very nice. We became very good friends. They loved Jacqueline. And my big sister, went, I went to visit them one day, and they said, Robert married a prostitute. Can you imagine? Your sister
0: said? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And my,
1: my cousin, who is also called Michael, had married a Spanish girl called Pilar, who was from a very good family and knew Jacqueline, and loved her. She said, I'm so happy. I have almost like a sister-in-law <laughs> who speaks Spanish and is French, you know. And so when my sister sell it to her, And she looked at my sister, and she just didn't say, she just excused me, and left the room and didn't come back. And then they didn't tell us at all until years later, but they didn't see Sheila anymore. She ended up vice president of a bank in Miami. She married a Norwegian-American in Montevideo, and then they came to live in America, and then she got this job. He died, actually, a few years ago, but my sister is still alive, and she lives in North Carolina, but I won't see her. I really have never seen her again. Once she invited us to have dinner with her or lunch at the Dorchester in London, and then I paid for the lunch. <laughs> can you imagine? She I wouldn't can. Even, <laughs>
0: yeah, she wouldn't
1: yeah. even pay for the lunch.
0: Yeah, this is so, right. right. After that, she never gave it up. No. no. Well, all right. So now you're in the Royal Ballet in, in London. Yes, I arrived at the Well, Royal when do you Ballet get space. married?
1: Uh, well, we married in Montevideo the before day before left. we left. Ah. Yes. But then I have the the, the Uruguayan Spanish certificate, but we had to marry in England and get a, an English wedding certificate so she could become British. Yeah? Ah, yes. And so we did that. We came on this French liner, the Le and then we got to Vigo, and we, and we thought, well, wouldn't it be nice, we're in Spain, let's go off and buy olive oil and things to take to London, because there was still rationing in London in ah. the 50s, you see. So we did, and and as we got off the boat, I asked the, the man in uniform at the end of the gang plant or whatever gangway, you know what time we're we leaving? He says eleven o'clock, and so it was nine. I thought, okay, we have two hours. And then after an hour, hear, ooh ooh, ooh <laughs> and the boat is going. And I, but that's our ship. <laughs> and so we run back, and we throw away the grapes, and we throw away the olive oil, and we run and run and run. And we pass uh, the royal royal mail or what was the line? And he said, is that our boat? No, that was the French line, It was the French line. Yes, it's leaving. But they told us that it was leaving at eleven. No, it's leaving at ten. And what are we going to do? And so we said, well, rush and see if we can get a tug to take you to the boat. And so we got to the, the moorings and they said, well, ha- can we get a t- tug? And, and the man was said, no, I've never heard of a somebody missing a boat. We won't get a tug for you. I said, but we're in time. They were hooting, you yes, know, it and, say, it and he, it was, he was about half a mile away yeah. and they wouldn't do it. So what happened? They forced us to stay on ground, and they wrote, Missed the boat for being late. Thank God that Jacqueline had taken her little handbag with her jewelry and our cash, because everything was in the cabin. Yes. And when we got on the cabin, the captain said, Well, you're going to have a first-class cabin because you're just married. And so there we were, oh, from, no. from third-class third little tiny cabin to a first-class cabin, and we missed the boat. Oh, God. So then we had to get a train, and we got on the train, and it was really cold, oh. and Jacqueline had just a cardigan and that, and I mean, and so we went on the train all the way to Madrid, and then we had to get the, get the night train to go all the way across Spain to Paris. And then we get to Paris, and we take the train to Dieppe. We get to Dieppe, and he says, oh, the boat has just left, it's going to Cherbourg. So. <laughs> Yeah, get on the train and go to Cherbourg. Oh my and God. so we had no luggage, so we went to Cherbourg and we got there on time, and it had been discharging cargo and all of that, and we get on board and we say, uh, Nous sommes Monsieur et Madame de Warren, on a perdu le, 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 le bateau à Vigo. And I hear from inside a captain saying, ce, ce sont eux les imbéciles. <laughs> le and he comes out because it actually was a cargo ship. It wasn't a passenger ship. Uh, this is why we didn't have much, you know, the third class cabins were yeah, tiny, the tiny right. or the or the one or five or six of the first class. Right. And so finally we come out. Ah, c'est vous and I said oui, monsieur. Bon, alors, allez-y, on va voir. And so (laughs) they took us to where our luggage one, and they would put it all, thank God, they kept it, they closed everything into the suitcases and all of that. And we thought, well, they've packed it. Do you think we've got everything? Have they stolen things or not? But what could we do? So then we, we said, then he said, Well, your ship, you can get from here a ship to Southampton. So we went and we bought a Royal Mail ship to Southampton, and we waited there until the ship came round, and we got on the ship finally, and we (laughs) went to Southampton, and we took from there the train that goes, the boat train, to Victoria Station. Oh, my God! So we get to Victoria Station and it's mid-afternoon. I said, Jacqueline, let's go. Let's buy a newspaper. We have to find a place with a room to rent. So we went over. Last we bought a newspaper and I read the Evening Standard. Oh, here's a room in Kensington Palace Gardens. Okay. I phone. Would you have this room? Is it still free? Yes. Well, we want it for two. (laughs) And how much does it cost? It cost uh, five guineas a week. So five guineas, five pounds, five shillings. So I say, okay, De Warren, we'll be there in a moment. Then I say. Jacqueline, come with me, we have time to go to the Royal Festival Hall, which is down the road, where Festival Ballet is having a performance tonight, and I did as a student from uh, Arts Inucatial Trust, they provided the dance students to, for the ballets they right, needed, right. so I knew all the people at Festival Ballet, so I went in like that, and John Gilping was the principal dancer, oh Robert, how are you, is that your wife, yes, my God, she's beautiful, <laughs> Jacqueline, I'm John Gilpin, the star of the company, but we all knew that he was marrying. A a French ballerina, welcome! And they all welcomed, and Jacqueline was speechless. And I said, well, we've got to go because we've rented a room, we haven't been there yet to put the luggage. So we rushed off to the room, and uh, we well, we thought we Jacqueline took looked at the room, but she hid, I mean, for her it was, I mean, you know, they were used to really mansions, you yes. know. And, they, and if they didn't have money, they still had a beautiful apartment, you know she got something out to change and I also, because we wanted to dress properly, you know. And so we took the underground, the Mm. circle line, which stops just outside Festival Hall. And so we went up and we got there just as the curtain was going up. And they said, well, you've got to stand at the back until the first intermission. And so, but we saw the whole performance and we went backstage and, um, you know, it's funny. I didn't think they'd ever remember a student, but I, I obviously made an impression. It isn't hard to believe that even as a student, Robert de Warren was memorable,
0: and you can tell from just this last piece that his life was a kind of whirlwind, a kind of dashing from one extraordinary experience to another, and you will see in the next two parts that he and Jacqueline took on every challenge, every opportunity, and gave it their all. So. Uh, Stay tuned for part two, in which this remarkable life continues.